Hi, this is Pastor Bob. Welcome back again to the second day of Problems Have a Purpose. And today I'm going to talk to you about how to minimize your problems. There's certain things you can do in the midst of a circumstance, in the midst of a trial, to literally minimize those things and bring confidence to you that you're going to come out on the other side. It's going to be a great broadcast. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome back to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to see you. Great to have you back again. I began a series yesterday that I'll complete today, and it's called Outlasting Trials. It's basically dealing with the fact that there's purpose in every trial we go through. God has a purpose and Satan has a purpose. I'll tell you this. God doesn't send trials, but he has a purpose in us going through them because he has designed it that when we go through it and come out on the other side, we're going to come out stronger than ever. Satan has a has an answer too, and the reason why he sends the trials is because he sent them to destroy us, to get us our attention off of God and to make us think we are weak and he's strong. When all the time we may be weak, but God is strong and through God, I become stronger than Satan. So these are things we discussed yesterday, talk about the trials of life. And again, I want to talk to you for just a moment before we get in the lesson. Listen, you want to see Satan attack sometime? Decide you're going to give into the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're in church and you make a decision. The pastor's saying something, you say, I'm going to, I'm going to give. I know I give my tithes to church, but I'm going to give an extra offering for that particular thing because my heart just goes out to it and immediately your thoughts come at you because Satan literally will send thoughts to you. He's the master of this area. Yeah, but what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, and you don't have a whole lot in your savings account right now. You don't have a whole lot in your checking account. And the point of it is, is you heard from God. It was not just a prompting where you decide to do it, although you can decide to do it. It's something that God prompted you to do. And there was a leading inside of you. You know what? You can't go under. And every time you do give, and especially give in faith, it's going to come back to you many times over. I've learned that voice that comes from Satan, and I just love to go ahead and give anyway. And so my wife and her are great givers into the kingdom of God, into our church, and into ministries. I'm simply asking you, why don't you make a choice to become a partner with me? If you've been watching for any length of time and been blessed by the teachings that I have been given, well, then why don't you just become a partner with me? Listen, I can't fulfill everything. I'm not, a, I'm not a jack of all trades. I know I am a teacher of the word of God. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a prophet. I can tell you this. This is what God has called me to do. But if your heart identifies with what I'm doing and you appreciate what I'm doing, then I want you to become a partner with me. How much you give is between you and God. And by the way, if you've been giving for some time, you can up it because I can tell you this, you know good and well that you're better off today than back when you started giving into this ministry and that God has blessed you. Not because you're giving into just my ministry. It's a fact you have put God above everything else and giving into his kingdom because giving toward souls and giving toward those that we're going to mature and see them become disciples is the only thing that is eternal and it goes into heaven with us. That's why angels rejoice over one sinner that repents. And when you start giving into it, and listen, you can actually be the catalyst that can cause angels to rejoice because you gave into a ministry that won the soul that the angels rejoiced over. So it comes back to it again. Would you become a partner with me? Go to my website, bobyandian.com. 
You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. And I thank you in advance. Thank you for hearing from God and thank you for just being obedient. And right now you can just tell the devil with all those thoughts attacking you about doing that, I'm gonna come out stronger on the other side, Satan. You meant this to destroy me, all these doubts coming at me, but you know what? I'm gonna come through. And yes, it may be some resistance to me giving. It may, I may have to look at my account, figure out what I can give, but I'm still gonna give and I'm gonna do it. And God's gonna bring me through more successful on the other side. Turn to 1 Peter chapter one. And I ended yesterday speaking about this. Without trials, we have nothing to use our faith against. The thing about faith is it was used toward God, but against sickness, toward God, but against poverty, toward God, but against the obstacles of life. So there is something we put our faith in, but there's also something we put our faith up against. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 says this, wherein, this is the last days, you and I are living in the last days before the coming of Jesus Christ. Literally, we are living in the last of the last days. So wherein, the last of the last days, you greatly rejoice though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through many temptations. These are trials, troubles of life, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found or result in praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So we need to greatly rejoice even though we are going through difficult trials. In the midst of trials, rejoice. When you're out of the trial, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. So again, we need to greatly rejoice, even though we're going through difficult trials, we should rejoice in the Lord as much in the trial as we before the trouble even began. Although suffering is only temporary, rejoicing should be perpetual, whether we are in a problem or we are out of a problem. God mainly allows trials to reveal to us our growth. I've heard this before. God tries us to see where we are. God knows where we are. We're the one that needs to know where we are. And when trials come along, God says, look, you're gonna come out of this thing successful, but in the midst of this trial, you're gonna kind of get some bearings. You're gonna finally know where you really are. You think you've advanced in faith, advanced in the walk with me, and you have, but now you're gonna find out just how much you have and you'll be able to stand against this problem where other times you couldn't have stood against this problem. Now you will be, and you'll be stronger for the next problem that comes along. So again, God mainly allows trials to reveal to us what our growth is. Satan sends trials to destroy us. God gives answers against attacks to frustrate Satan. So what Satan intends for evil, God can turn around to our good. We have to choose to learn from our trials and troubles and temptations. In the midst of every one we go into, what we're gonna say, we're gonna find out is this. I'm gonna choose to learn in this trial. I'm gonna use some of the same scriptures I have used before, but you know what? I'm gonna learn more about those scriptures in this trial because this trial isn't the same as the trial before. This one's a different style. This one's something else. It's evil, it came from Satan, or it came from the world, or it came from my flesh, but it did not come from God. Problems come from the world, problems come from Satan, but answers come from God. They come in two ways, through his word and through the revelation and leading of the Holy Spirit. We have to choose to learn from our temptations. Every victory should be a result and give a testimony and things to journal where the Bible says, forget not all of his benefits. So whenever I come through a trial, it produces a testimony. I need to write that testimony down. And I think every Christian 
According to the book of Psalms says, forget not all his benefits. To forget not all his benefits, I should be journaling them. I should be writing them down. And I think from time to time, it's good to keep out that journal and go down it and look at the list of things God has. Because after a while, you forgot some of them. And you look at it and go, oh my goodness, I, I remember that now. Yes, I remember that day. And that's one way to not forget all his benefits. Remember all that God has done for you. So every victory should result in a testimony, every testimony should be journaled and written down so that we will not forget all of his benefits. God can, but does not always stop the storms of life. We see it in the word of God where Jesus stilled a storm. And when Jesus stilled that storm, he left an example with God can, and at certain times will stop storms altogether. I look at my life and I wonder, I really wonder how many things were up the road ahead of me that God just stopped it. I went right on through. I mean, how many times have I gone through and seen a car accident over there? And the thought comes to me, what if I'd have been just 10 seconds earlier, 15 seconds earlier? Could I have been part of that car wreck? The point of it was, was thank you, Jesus, for directing my path and keeping me away from this problem of life. But that doesn't happen happen every time. It happens sometimes. You remember the disciples. I'm going to go back to this story where Jesus uh, led his disciples and took them over to the other side. But Jesus had been teaching all day. At the end of the teaching, he said to his disciples, he said, uh, did you learn all these things? Do you understand all these things? And the Bible says they said yes, but I'm going to tell you what they probably look like. He said, did you understand all these things? They went, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's what they look like. And Jesus probably picked it up. But what they said was, yeah, sure we did. I can tell you this, as soon as you learn something from the word of God, count on it. You now have, you now have something in your arsenal that probably Satan's gonna attack you over. But God gave you the answer before the problem came along. Many scriptures God gives us, we go, well, I, you know, that's good to know that, but how am I ever gonna use this? Hang on, you'll find a time where you're gonna use it and you'll pull it out of that, you know, you'll pull it out of that quiver in the back and you're gonna put it in your bow and you're gonna shoot it. All I'm saying is that God, Aware, prepares you ahead of time for what he knows is going to come. He knows every thought from Satan, every action of the demons, all the things that are to come. In fact, he's written in the Bible about prophecy. All the evil is going to come on the earth, and yet we haven't seen all of it yet come to pass, but God has put it there, and he's already telling us ahead of time what he plans on doing. He may not let you know ahead of time what he's going to do, but I can tell you this, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. So when the disciples got into the boat, Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side. Remember what he said? Did you learn everything I, I taught you? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, let us pass over to the other side. Notice this, let, let's go. Let us, not some of us, all of us, let us pass over. That doesn't mean go halfway and sink. It means we're gonna go to the other side. And when they got in the ship and all of a sudden the storm broke out, Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the ship on a pillow very key. And they became fearful during the storm. And the storm was so bad, the water was washing into the boat. And they went and woke up Jesus and says, don't you care that we're perishing? What did he just tell them? Let us pass over to the other side. He didn't say we're going to pass over to the other side and everything's going to be wonderful, perfect weather, no choppiness on the water. No, he just said, let us pass over to the other side. That means whether hell or high water comes against you, we're getting to the other side. So much so that Jesus went to sleep in the ship. 
ship. The disciples were grumbling and griping and all this. And Jesus stood up and he stilled the storm. But what Jesus did in demonstration was this. When he said, let us pass over to the other side, that was a promise that they would make it all the way to the other side. And Jesus was so at ease with that promise, he went to sleep in the bottom of a ship on a pillow. And they got angry and they got upset with him and he stood up and calmed the storm and then turned around and chewed them out. What I'm telling you is this, Jesus demonstrated the greatest way to handle a problem, sleep through it. Those that rest in the Lord, Hebrews chapter three and Hebrews chapter four are two major chapters teaching us on the power of resting on the promises of God. Jesus just simply went and got a promise and fluffed it up, let us pass over to the other side and he went to sleep. You know what? They could have done the same thing. They could have looked at Jesus and say, well, he's sleeping through the storm. And didn't he say we're going to make it to the other side? Let's go to sleep too. There are 7,000 pillows in the word of God, 7,000 promises that all it's waiting for you is to pull it out. My God shall supply all of my need according to his. And we go to sleep on that in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a trial. Knowing this, Jesus knew this, is that the Father didn't create this storm. Satan created the storm. That's why he could rebuke it later. But they asked him basically this, stop the storm. He did it, then he chewed them out. Always having God stop a storm is not the best. The best thing that can happen is you find a promise, you go to sleep on it, and you make it safely through this trial, coming out stronger on the other side. How powerful is this? How great is his word? His word is past understanding. We can't even fathom the depths of it, but we can use it. He's given it to us. When I use it, I can't tell you what happens in the spiritual world, but I will come out victorious on the other side. See you right after the break. Every believer will face trials. It's just a fact of this life. But every believer also has the promise from Jesus to help them through each one. In this encouraging six-part series by Pastor Bob Yandian, you will learn how to walk boldly and courageously through the trials of this life by applying the Word of God. Messages include joy and patience, how to get answers to prayer, riches and trials, Outlasting the Trials, and Our Worst Enemy. To order Outlasting Trials, go to bobbyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Trials don't make you strong. If trials made us strong, we would all be strong. It's the faith we use in the trial and the faith we use against the trial that makes us strong. I ask you a question. Do barbells, weights make you strong? Most of you are saying, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's not the weight that makes you strong. It's using the weights that make you strong. You can buy them, sit them up on a rack, tell how all the things that will do. And that's kind of like having a Bible filled with promises, but you never open them up and pull out a promise and use it. You might be able to quote it, but the point of it is you never use it. It's using the word of God. Again, trials don't make us strong or we would all be strong. It's the faith we use in the trial and against the trial that makes us strong. This is what God is wanting us to do. The Bible is filled with promises that like we talked about with the pillows, we can pull them out and use them and a multitude of pillows. I mean, just act like you're at a hotel. There's four pillows laying there. Pick the one you want. There's 7,000 inside the word of God. Pick the one you want. And the one that applies to this situation or wait on the Holy Spirit. He'll even lift one out of the word of God and give it to you at the time by revelation. See, we have been redeemed from sin. We've been redeemed from sickness. We've been redeemed from poverty. These things are all found in the word of God, but we have not been redeemed from suffering. Suffering is something that's in this world and it will be here until Satan is removed and all the demons are removed from the earth and all the fallen angels. All these things are gonna be handled in one at one time. But again, we've been redeemed from sin. Don't sit there and say, well, you know, God made me sin. No, he didn't. God didn't make you sick either. And God didn't bring poverty either. God doesn't make the suffering, the problems of this world, but God doesn't remove them. He gives you power to come through this. You can't pray suffering away. You cannot rebuke it away. You can't cast it out. It's not, again, that God cannot stop suffering or calm the sea. He can do that, but he doesn't do that every time. In fact, the longer you live for God, the more he trusts you to stand on his promises in the midst of a storm. God promised to be with us in the storm, and he promised to bring us out. That ought to be all that we need. He promised he would be with us, stand beside us, and then bring us out on the other side. Psalm 23, verses 4 and 5, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. He prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. So and while our enemies are there, God just makes a big table. We sit down and partake of the of the food and the blessings of God in front of the devil's face. Oh, how he hates that. Psalm 34 in verse 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Notice afflictions in this world are part of the world. It's part of the life we have, but God will deliver us out of them all. Not some of them, all of them. Isaiah 54 in verse 17. No weapon formed against you will prosper. God doesn't form the weapons against you. God doesn't make problems. God doesn't create evil. No, God created everything good. And with that came the will. And with that will, Satan became the first one. And that evil that was in him has spread throughout the world. So no weapon formed against you will prosper. There's nothing that Satan can form against you. And there's nothing that Satan can plan against you that's going to work. It's not going to prosper when you 
stand on God's word. How can the effects of suffering be minimized? I want to talk about this for a little while. There, there's certain things we can do to minimize the, the, the problems that come into our life or minimize the effects of the problem that come into our life. And let me just give you those. These are easy things to do, but you can journal this down too. Right along with your list of problems that God has brought you through, you can write this down. How can I minimize the effects of suffering? Number one is maintain a thankful life. The highest form of faith is praise. Praise can confound the enemy. In other words, it can make the enemy stop and go, what's going on? First Thessalonians 5, 16 says, rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore means to rejoice all the time. First Thessalonians 5, 18, two verses later, in everything, this means in every situation, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So in everything means every situation, good situations, bad situations. God is simply saying, let your life be a perpetual time of rejoicing before God. Philippians chapter four and verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So point number one is have a rejoicing life. Give praise to God in the midst of everything. Praise to God when things are wonderful. Praise to God when things are bad. Why do we praise when things are wonderful? We're rejoicing for what he's done in our life. Why would rejoice in the midst of problems? Because we know what God's done before. And this problem is no different than any other problem. It may look different. It may look bigger. But since I'm bigger than it, it's going to change. And it will just be just like every other problem I've come through. God's going to take this stone that was meant to crush me and turn it into a stepping stone where I can go up higher every day in the things of God. Point number two, maintain your study life. Knowledge of scripture gives you strength. Psalm 119, verse 11, your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Second Peter chapter one and verse four, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, these what? These exceeding great and precious promises, but by these promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So whether it is something visible, such as, you know, evil sickness in front of me, something attacking my body, or else just the lust of this world that is around me, by coming to God and standing on his scriptures through my prayer life and study life, I can stand on them and God will bring me through it successfully. Number three, maintain a prayer life. Develop sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and to God's voice. In other words, in the midst of trials, yes, I can open my Bible, but what if I don't have a, pro a Bible with me? What if I'm driving at the moment? What am I supposed to do? Begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray in other tongues. Open your heart up before the Lord, and as you pray to the, in, the, in the name of the Lord and pray to God in faith, believing the Holy Spirit can bring you things. I've been in the midst of trials, not knowing where to turn and say to the Holy Spirit, give me a scripture or the Holy Spirit, give me something to say to somebody. This is God's voice coming through me. So maintain a prayer life. Luke 18, one, men should always pray and not to faint. Always means in good times and bad times, we should be praying. Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Again, this is found throughout the word of God. Point number four, clean up your thought life. 
The mind is the area of your temptations. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse five says this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You see, your thought life is what can be hammered immediately you get into the midst of your problem and confusion comes to you. What should you be doing? Praising God, pulling every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Find a scripture and everything you just want to scream out, no, 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 no. This is too big for that scripture. Well, what I need is I need some supernatural angel to come down, stop that, and remember that the power of God is strong in every scripture. There's enough power in a scripture to bring you through. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Pull your thought life into captivity. Number five, live your life above reproach. Let your actions be a reflection of your spiritual dedication to the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. I want you to notice, it doesn't just say abstain from evil. It says abstain from the very appearance of evil. Don't let, you know, what situation you're in, don't let it be that someone can take that and put something around that, make a story around it. Make sure you abstain from the very appearance of evil. Romans 12.17, provide things honest in the sight of, of all men. Don't just be honest, do it in front of people, be honest, and show that honesty to them. Second Corinthians chapter six and verse three, giving no offense in anything. So this simply says, when it comes down to any area of life, think twice before you're gonna do what you're gonna do. Well, I was gonna do the right thing. Well, make sure it's in a place where people can see it. Make sure it's in a place where people can understand what you, and verbalize it, say it, what you're about to do, then keep your word. In suffering, Fall back on what you know. Don't throw away what you know because of what you don't know. The midst of trials sometimes come us, come at us and it totally surprises us. And in the midst of that trial, we forget what we know. We throw away what we know because why? We suddenly face something we've never seen before. You may have never seen it before, but someone else has seen it before. There's no such thing as a problem that you can go through that someone else around the world isn't going through or hasn't gone through in the past. So Satan has nothing new, although he may stick a brand new title on it. It's just something repackaged and brought back into your life or brought into your life like he's attacked others. So in suffering, fall back on what you know. Don't throw away what you know because of what you don't know. We are called to face suffering, but we're also called to be victorious in it. Romans 8, 31. What shall we then say to these things? I want you to realize what you're, what you're just reading. What shall we then say to these things? We're supposed to speak to things. Yes, Jesus spoke to a fig tree. Jesus spoke to mountains. Jesus spoke to sickness, disease, and demons. Notice this, any enemy that comes against us, we have a right to speak at it. And Romans 8, 31, what shall we then say to these things? To what things? It's found in the following verses. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. And what are we supposed to say to it? If God is for me, you cannot be 
against me. Imagine that, looking at your checkbook and saying, listen, checkbook, if God be for me, you cannot be against me. Look at your bills and say to those bills, if God be for me, you cannot be against me. This verse is simply telling us to be strong in the things of God. Suffering cannot separate you from God's keeping power. We, in a small way, keep ourselves, but we are ultimately kept by God's power. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, we are kept or protected by the power of God through faith unto deliverance, ready to be revealed in the last time, in which the last times you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if necessary, you are in heaviness through many temptations. One of the best times to understand God's saving power and to confess it as a reality when you still can't see it with your eyes is in the midst of a temptation, even though you are in heaviness through many temptations. Coming through suffering makes us usable for God. I'm gonna say that again. Coming through suffering makes us usable for God. After you come through a trial or trouble or tribulation and seeing how the power of the word, the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God has helped you, you become more pliable and you literally become more bold and you become more honest and say, Satan, go ahead, try it again. You tried it this time and you failed. If you try it again, you're gonna fail again. And every time that we come through it, I'm gonna become more usable for God. If we stand in faith through our problems, we come out better on the other side than when we went into them. I trust that you've been blessed by this couple of days of broadcast and be sure and get the offer that's being presented to you. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.